And we're in 2 John here, going back to verses 5 and 6, but we're going to read verses 5, 6, and 7, so if you're there, you can stand. We'll read that. Second John, chapter 1, only one chapter, verses 5 through 7. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now you may be seated. Says a little review here. Uh, we've been talking about uh, verses 5, verse 5 here mainly last time. And here... Uh, John is expressing, uh, reviving this commandment that we love one another, showing uh, to this lady and her children, uh, here specifically talking to this lady that he's writing to, that this is not something new and fresh, something just uh, fresh off the press. This is something that has been said many, many times already. This is something that, ha that, has, that goes way back to the time of Jesus in his ministry where he said it more than once to employ this command that we love one another. And we know that the disciples, they had their struggles, okay? They had their struggles and they had to learn this commandment. They had to grow in it and they grew in it. As you walk through the book of Acts, you see that they did grow in it and that they were a changed people. All right, because of this commandment, it was something that Christ really wanted them to implement in their ministry uh, with one another and as they um, uh, kept going without him. Of course, they would have the comforter, they have the Holy Spirit with them, but Christ would leave them, but they would not leave them comfortless. But they, he would want them to employ this command. And so the apostle here is bringing it back. He's bringing it back, showing that this was a commandment they had to uh, put in place even at the, in this time period that she's living in, this lady is living in. So John the Apostle is bringing it back because this is something necessary for the times. And we talked about that and that um, you would think with all that he's talking about in verses 7 through 11, you would think that this wouldn't be the command to bring back to the forefront. But this is the commandment that is necessary for what he's going to talk about in verses 7 through 11. And we talked about that in various ways, that um, we need each other. We really do need each other in this world that is just bombarding us with all kinds of lies, errors, false doctrine, and false religion we really need each other to love one another so that we can uh, keep the truth going because the point is to have each other walk in the truth. And um, we're walking this together. 
we're not walking this alone. We talked about this. We're not, we're not, it's not uh, for us to just be mercenaries, be vigilantes, and be solo people who just do solo missions. No, we are here walking this together, and there's only a few of us. I mean, look at us. I mean, there's only a few of us, and we, we're up against a huge world, a huge world filled with many lies, many errors, and so we need this, um, we need this unity and this love. So this is not a solo mission. This is not something that we're just uh, supposed to do ourselves. This is something we need each other on to see that um, the work continues. So we talked about that. We also talked about uh, the apostle here being very concerned, being very concerned about the evils that are out in this world. And we as pastors, we are concerned. That's why we try to keep up the date with what's going on. Now, of course, there's a lot that goes on out in the world. We don't know everything, but we try to know what we can. Uh, we try to figure out things that are happening, and there's always surprises. There's always new things that are coming up that are arising that we have to deal with, okay? And uh, we try to keep ourselves up to date because these things are always threats. They're dangers, and they're out there. And as we'll see later, there are many <laughs> that are out there. And so they are of great concern to us. And so what may not be uh, maybe a concern to your mind might be a concern to our minds. Because we are, our job is to oversee things. I mean, that's the idea of an overseer is, we, is that we oversee things and make sure that we watch out for the various dangers that are out there that want to tear up the flock of God. So here the apostle is, is being mindful of what is out there, and he is coming back to this. He's referring to this, but he's coming back to this one command first to kind of set that in place, to see that as a ground zero, a foundational command to re really uh, put things in place here. But he's very concerned about the truth going on because it seems like in every moment it's, an, it's in jeopardy. It just, it's just how it feels. It's uh, from our perspective. Obviously, uh, from God's perspective, it's not in jeopardy. And from a scriptural perspective, it's not in jeopardy. But it just feels like it at times. So just from our perspective, it feels like everything is just going to fall apart. But if it weren't for the grace of God, if it weren't for uh, God being sovereign and overseeing everything, uh, we would be we'd be in a in a great big deal of jeopardy if it weren't for that. But we as spiritual leaders, we we get concerned. We get. Um, uh, a little bit antsy about these things and we want to uh, be on guard about it because we do face a lot of disappointment. We do. A lot of discouragement, a lot of disappointment, a lot of things we face in that and we have to uh, be on guard about these things that cause them. Now we saw in here in verses 5 and 6 a progression. It says, um, verse 5, a commandment. We see that word commandment. And what is this commandment in verse 5 at the end that we love one another? 
And what is that love for one another in verse 6? And this is love. What is it? That we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment. Well, what is the commandment? At the end of verse 6, ye should walk in it. Well, walk in what? Walk in that commandment in verse 5, that we love one another. So what is to walk after his commandments? Well, it's to walk in that one commandment, that we love one another. So all goes back in one circle here that uh, John is trying to express. We could say that verse 5, obedience prompts love. Verse 6, love prompts obedience. So they work off each other, love and obedience. Part of that we love one another is to engage each other to walk in holiness and in the truth, according to the commandments of God. The word walk alludes to a person's conduct and lifestyle, how one lives step by step in life, the organization of one's thoughts, decisions, priorities, ambitions, character, and conduct. The measure by which we walk, we should walk, is God's commandments. That's the measure. So the word after here, in verse 6, that we walk after his commandments, the word after is according as. It's a measurement. The measurement of our walk should be God's commandments. And I guess the question is, is that how it, is that how it is for your life? When you go to make each decision, do you think about what would God want me to do? Now, what is the commandment of God in this situation? In this step of my life, what is God's command? When we walk life, when we make decisions, we should make them having consulted God's commandments. We should walk this life having consulted God's commandments. So always looking to God's word for the answer. God's word always has the answer for everything. And so that's where we should find our walk. Order our steps according to his word. In our context here, walking after God's commandments means and merits the practice of the command that we love one another. We want ourselves to walk in obedience. And we want to help our fellow brothers and sisters to walk and continue in obedience to God. So there's a personal a responsibility where we ourselves need to walk in obedience. But there's also a, a responsibility we have to one another where we want to help each other walk in obedience to God. Okay, so it's not just me, myself, and I. It's everyone else around us that we're trying to help. We're all walking this Christian faith together. And we need each other. Now, I didn't mention this last time, but you know, I've said this before. For some of, some of you in here, I mean, the only interaction you have with Christianity, with Christians, is here. Okay? I know that's true. Okay? And so you find the love of the brethren right here on a Sunday or a Wednesday, or what, any other time we meet, okay? I know that's true for some of you. You go to the work, workplace, and you're around a lot of filth. Maybe you go home, and you're around a lot of filth. And here's the only place you have to find this love of the brethren, to find 
others who walk in the line of truth. And we want to be that help to one another and to understand some of us, this is all they got. And so um, I've been there, all right? So um, we want to help one another to walk in the truth and have camaraderie, that we're, we're all walking this Christian faith together. And so our walking in the truth, namely here in the commandment to love one another, protects and preserves the truth. The evidence of this love is to walk after God's commands. Basically, the two feed off each other. They are two sides of the same coin. Love for one another and walking after God's commands harmonize in the life of the believer. They work mutually. Now, some have thought out there that love for others means ignoring God's commands. That if you love other people, you're going to ignore God's commands. That's out there. It's very prevalent. Very prevalent. A good number of evangelicals out there promote the idea that all of God's commands must be put aside, that they are a hindrance to truly loving your brother in Christ. Well, these verses here very much seem to teach the opposite. Their idea is to disregard the ideas of truth and error for the sake of love, or what they think is love, okay? And that's, that's a very um, prevalent thing taught out there. It's an idea of tolerance, acceptance, all those things, you know, disregard, a truth and error, disregard what is right, what is false, and just disregard everything that God's word says, and just, you know, just love, that lovey-dovey feeling, okay, that's out there. That's not what's being taught here. Total opposite. A commentary uh, said this about the passage. It made this statement. It said, a, re a religion of pious emotions. And when people think about love today, they think it's just emotions. No. Okay? Love is not just emotions. There's more to it. There's more depth to it. But a religion of pious emotions falls short. It really does. To some today, even Christian places, they support this idea that true love for the brethren is mere pious emotions. Now, emotions are not wrong. God has made us to have emotions, okay? God has made us able to cry and laugh and all these things. We have emotions. Emotions are not wrong, but they can be misguided many times. We know this to be true. Our emotions tend to misguide us. True love, according to this passage, involves a persevering walk according to God's commandments. And so this goes in two ways. First, we do no good to our brother and sister when we don't walk after God's commandments, but rather walk in error. We're actually hurting our brothers and sisters when we continue to walk in error. That hurts one another, and it, it causes people to sin. It causes people to be discouraged, disappointed, to be hurt, all these things. It just it breaks up the ranks. Such an erroneous walk will hurt the spiritual benefit of your brother and sister 
And that can't, cannot be classified as love. And we talked about this extensively in Romans 14, that uh, disregarding what God's commands say will actually hurt your brother and sister in various ways. Second, we need to help protect and guide our fellow brothers and sisters to walk in the truth and after God's commandments. Doing so is an act of brotherly love. You say, well, a lot of evangelicals out there teach otherwise. They're wrong, okay? According to what we read here, walking after God's commandments, that is love. That is love. And to help one another do that, that is love. Therefore, love is not a mere matter of feeling. There is a great danger in such notion and practice when love is just a feeling. There's great danger in that. And such a practice will allow for negligence of obligations to the truth and God's commandments, causing a rift between love and obedience, which in God's book cannot be without each other. We've been to this, but just a page away, 1 John 5, 2 and 3. Brother Marlowe's been going through this passage, but just to kind of go back to that, see what it says here, just to kind of pair it up with this. But 1 John 5, 2 and 3 says, By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Okay, so how do you know how do you know someone loves the children of God? Well, one thing is that they keep the commandments. That's part of loving God's children is keeping God's commandments. Walking in a walk of truth and obedience is actually a way you can love your brothers and sisters. Not doing so will actually hurt them spiritually. And that's not love. Okay? So whatever... A lot of uh, today's thinking says it's off. It's off. Obviously, they obviously haven't been reading First and Second John. Okay, all right. And we could say something like this: To walk in love is the same as to walk in the truth. It's an aspect of walking in the truth is to walk in love. To walk in the truth is to walk after God's commandments. To walk after His commandments is to love one another. So we just come back full circle here, which is one very clear command spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry, and it's a command that should and would mark his disciples. We talked about that last time, that this is something very signature about God's people, and we have seen that in our recent months here with the passing of Sonny Hawkins and Mrs. Singleton and all that has happened that we've seen the love of the brethren just pouring out. We want that to continue. We want this, and what, we, what do we get? We get report from the world. They see that, and they see something different. <laughs> they see we're not just like any other religion out there. We, they see something true. They see the truth on display. Okay, so we've seen it already in living color. We've already seen it here. And that's what we want. 
We want to keep that going. Again, this is doubly imperative because of what follows in verses 7 through 11. And that's where we're getting to something more specific here, why this is so important. It's imperative to keep that which was said in the beginning. Why? Why? Well, we see it in verse 7. Many seducers. There are many deceivers. Many seducers and deceivers permeate this world. And they come and show themselves quite present and near and ready to go to do what they do. They're ready. They're present. They're near. Are we? Are we ready? Are we present and near for one another? Because they're out there. They're ready and present, ready to go. And they are near and they are present. And they're ready to take. Okay, so it's very evident that the Apostle John was nervous. I don't know if I can say that, but maybe nervous or concerned about false teachers in his time. And he's not the only one that speaks about false teachers. There's many other. I mean, Peter, right? Peter, talk, Paul, he talks about all these false teachers that are just floating around. It's of great concern. The Apostle John probably also had maybe some foresight or some forethought of this love one another on the brink of decay among believers. And such decay would cause cavities. I'm going with a tooth analogy here, okay? Tooth decay, the most common disease in man. You remember that from a quiz, okay? All right? And uh, it causes cavities. Well, what are cavities? They're holes, they're rifts, they're chasms. All right? We don't want this among us, okay? Because those cavities, what do they cause? Deeper problems. We all know that. Root canals, losing teeth, all those things, gum problems, causes deeper problems, which would allow what? False doctrines and errors to seep in and destroy. Things get infected. Things get worse. Infection ensues. Bacteria gets in. It destroys. Such decay would enhance and increase the possibilities of apostasy in Christianity among churches. See, the goal is to have more people be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But the presence of error will jeopardize the increase of true and pure conversions. I mean, the goal is for more people to be converted and worship God, not to have more fallout, okay? So our love for one another tends to seal up and knit together ourselves and keep the truth going. And that uh, disavows air from doing what it does in breaking up that close-knit uh, unity that we have. The presence of error will more readily take root when God's people are lacking in the commandment to love one another. Destroy this love and consequently break the harmony of God's people. Cause disunity and it will open a hole for error to creep in and take over. This puts God's churches in grave danger. And we don't want that. Okay? We don't want our own church here put in grave danger 
by allowing air to creep in. That's why we need to be knit together so we don't have air creep in. So we look to one another. We, look f we are looking after each other. All right, next here, the second command in verse 7. 7 and 8, it's in verse 8 here, comes from this. Look to yourselves. Look to yourselves. That's the second command. So the first command, love one another. The second command, look to yourselves. And it didn't even, even have to strive to alliterate. just does it itself. All right, so look to yourselves. First of all, I want to talk about the caution about believers in verse, verse 7. It says, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. The Greek word for, uh, for, uh, for here in verse 7 is the Greek word hati, okay? And it directly connects the, the caution in verse 7 to the previous verses 5 and 6. So the word for here we can be understood as because. Because. So why implement verses 5 and 6? Because. Well, verse 7. Because. This is why. This presents the reason why it is important to walk in the truth, to walk after God's commandments, namely that we love one another. It explains the reason why it is important to have God's people knit together and never to stray apart into something newly invented and false. And doesn't our world come up with new inventions? And I'm not talking about like the phonograph or the telephone, although they do come out with a lot of iPhones, okay? And those Sometimes those uh, inventions can be problems, okay? They can be um, channels of error. Okay, but uh, we don't want our people straying off into every new thing that's out there. The word because also presents a sense of caution, awareness of the present day and other things contrary to the things in the beginning. Something to note here, it is the prerogative of air to take God's people away from the things said in the beginning. There is always something new out there. Something new, something invented in this world, even Christian-wise. Normally, their designs are to draw away from what was found, founded in the beginning, to reinvent them, to refresh them, or more than likely, to change them all completely into something else, if they could. Uh, some, I mean, a lot of times they have a sliver of truth to them, but it's all mixed in with air. And so it looks good, looks shiny. You get deeper into it, you find out, wow, this is filled with air and falsehood. New things are not necessarily bad. It's okay, get a new car, new house. New things are not necessarily bad. But new things spiritually in the Christian realm should give us pause, should uh, make us cautious and careful 
So draw up caution among us. It's always best to hold up something new against the words and commandments of God. Go back to ground zero. Go back to the truth and let it, let the truth expose anything that is false and erroneous with what is so-called new out there. So, the prerogative of error is that it wants to take God's people away from what has, from what is true. Beware of that. It's important that God's people stick together and beware of the many evils that prevail in the present world. We should be so joined together that we together spot the evils and deceptions all around us and therefore be like an unbreakable force. Like was said before, our present world is filled with many deceivers, false teachers, false doctrines, false religions, and several strong-willed and appealing options. There's no short of it. It's out there. We are up against a lot, and we need the unity of each other to keep one another safe in the confines of God's truth. Deceptions are alluring and attractive, and we need the strength of each other to keep one another together, walking in the truth. We must keep our eyes on the dangers and the real enemy and fight as one man for the sake of the truth among us. Now it says here, many deceivers. Deceivers basically means many who wander and rove. The word for deceivers is the Greek word planos, from which we derive the word planet in our English. The idea of a planet is that it wanders and roves around outer space with no seemingly uh, with no seeming direction, and if there's any direction, is pulled forth by whatever gravitational force is strongest upon it. In a similar way, deceivers are ones who get pulled in numerous directions by whatever strong forces of air and darkness are found in the world. They are easily drawn away, and they tend to take others away with them. But another factor about planets is that they tend to have their own gravitational pulls, don't they? And therefore, they tend to pull other celestial bodies toward them and into a certain direction and orbit. The same is true about these deceivers. They have a way about them that is alluring and seductive and attractive. That's their nature. That's the nature of a deceiver. It's attractive, it's alluring, it's seductive. And they tend to pull many people who are easily taken. They take the easy ones. They look for the easy bait. And they lead, or rather mislead, many others into directions of air and spiritual darkness. They mislead and corrupt then they also become vagabonds and fugitives, runaways. And then they tend to make others the same as runaways, fugitives, running away from what? The truth. 
run away from the truth. In one sense, deceivers have no direction, no settled doctrine, able to go back and forth from one doctrine to another, seeking only those things that benefit themselves and agree with their logic and feelings. You'll find that, those kinds of deceivers, where it seems like they believe one thing and one moment, then they switch to another thing and then they switch to another thing. It's like, what do they really believe? But they're appealing because, I don't know, they just, maybe they just have a personality that is just alluring. I don't know. They lead others into errors by themselves being led into errors, veering into several different directions uh, from the path of truth. And so they wander like a planet, or as Jude says it, as wandering stars, wandering stars. Talking about apostasy. What is it like? Wandering stars. These deceivers also take freedom to tell their own opinions, have no one to correct them, and make people believe what they believe. Their plan is what? It becomes to steal others away from the truth. In a sense, we could say that they are free floaters, going about doing their own thing. Another thing to note it is very likely to be aware of people or organizations that tend to work outside the authority of a church. Watch out for that. Free floaters. They're like planets just wandering around. Like, who's your authority? I am. I am my authority. Well, who gave you that authority? I did. Okay? It's also a good thing to be aware of outside influence, influences upon a church. Why? These things tend to wander into uncharted territories that are not spoken of in Scripture. They just go from one thing to the next, and it's just its like whatever they do, they do. And who's to tell them they're wrong? No one. And so they tend to do their own thing by their own authority, especially using pragmatic means. Their way works, so follow me. My way works, so follow me. These kinds of thoughts. We must be aware of these things that have the potential of that wandering characteristic. And they may look good. They may look sharp, like they're all put together, like they got it, they got it down. They got a wonderful presentation. They got a good sales pitch. They got it, and they can get you. Watch out for them. They have a wandering characteristic. Now, here's a good example. I, mean, I don't know if many are around anymore. Televangelists, okay? Remember back in the day, Jimmy Swaggart and all these guys that were out on the television, okay? What you find out with them is that they tend to get affected and infected by worldly thinking and false doctrine. And so they tend to disband themselves from church authority and tend to then, it challenges then church authority. So as also you got to be very careful what you read on the internet, okay? 
There's a lot of things just floating around on the internet. They're like wandering stars. Careful, okay? Because it might challenge church authority. This is the authority that God has set in place in our era, the church, okay? It's what scripture says, all right? But there's a lot of things out there that are going to, going to challenge church authority and challenge your church leaders. Watch out for them, okay? Because people get easily drawn away and influenced by these outside influences, they sound good, but sometimes they go unchecked and unfiltered, and there's great danger in that territory. So we caution you, we warn you, we, we beg you to be careful of these things that are out there, out there. They have maybe a Christian name and look Christian, but be careful because... They might have a wandering characteristic, and that wandering characteristic might make you wander a little bit too. And we don't want that. The same thing goes for Christian things in the world. I just put in quote, Christian things. Beware of them. Beware of their capabilities, of their power and influence, of their doctrine that goes this way and that way at a moment's notice, and of their here it is, trendiness, trendiness. There's a lot of Christian things out there that are very trendy, okay? Well, what is that? They're getting pulled by the gravitation of this world, which Satan is using to deceive people. Now, be watchful of this. We are warned here of these deceivers, but also focus in on the word many. Verse 7, see, many. No, not a some, not a few, many. The world is full of them. As I said last time, we're outnumbered, greatly outnumbered. But thankfully, we have God. But we're greatly outnumbered. They are numerous. They come in all shapes and forms and shades and different kinds of deceivers out there. They are everywhere. Everywhere. As soon as you step out, they're out there. We are inundated with deceivers in this world. They're everywhere. They're on the radio, on the internet, everywhere. On television, they're everywhere. We must, Instagram. Twitter, I mean, that's the picture I have on here. I just found that picture. It has all kinds of on it. Google, Instagram, Pinterest, Fox News, <laughs> CBS, CNN, all these things. A lot of things being said out there. You got to be careful. You got to always measure things according to what God's word says and be watchful. Be very careful of these things out there. And, you know, We've said this before. We've got to protect our young people from these things because they're so powerful. They're so powerful. And it just takes kids like this. And we've got to protect them. And so we've got to always be on guard at all times, in all places, in everything. Deception 
is everywhere. We live in an era and in an in a area and a time of place and place where deception is everywhere. One characteristic of deception is that it can deceive you without you even knowing it deceiving you until you notice later how far you have wandered off. Isn't that what happens with planets pulling other things away? You see, you don't realize it until you look behind you like, wow, I'm way off. How did I get here? I mean, I've just been traveling for a couple hours. Wow, how'd that happen? That's what the pull of a planet does. It pulls you little by little, inch by inch. And you don't even notice until you look and see how far you have wandered from the path. I say it this way, deception is the master of deception. Okay? It knows how to pull you away. That's why we've got to be so very careful because it takes you inch by inch. And don't even allow it to have an inch. Give it one inch, it'll take you a mile. Be careful. So we're getting into this. Lord willing, I'll get into this more uh, on Wednesday, and we'll look at more into what specifically uh, John is talking about in his time period. But we also have to be aware of what is in our time period, that there, were false doctrine, there was false doctrine in that time period, and it may be different for what it was back then, but that doesn't mean that we don't have our share load of deception in our time. We have maybe much more, and we have to be so much more on guard. Let's pray. Father, we pray that your name would be glorified. Lord, protect us from these um, evil things out there, spiritual dangers. We know that you are a shelter for us, a shield for us against these things. Lord, I pray, pray that you would Give us wisdom, give us understanding, give us discernment, spiritual wisdom to be able to discern these things and to um, be careful about these things and to love one another, to help each other uh, be not persuaded by these deceptions that are out there. Lord, we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.